Welcome to the SOAR podcast. Thank you for your support. If you want to continue to support this podcast, there are a few things you can do for me. Please like, subscribe, and share. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you would give me a five-star rating. And if you really feel motivated, go ahead and write a review. So welcome to SOAR, the Sisters Overcoming and Rising podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie, your host, and I'm here to help women overcome limiting beliefs so that they can live their best lives. Sisters, come together now, come together now. It's time to help each other out, help each other out. It's time for transformation, time for healing. You've got the potential, you've got the power now. We can Sisters, overcoming and rising. Inspiration is... Stepping outside the box and ripping it to shred. So my special guest for today is Amandine Suami. She describes herself as a citizen of the world, travel lover, and photographer. She has visited more than 35 countries and lived in France, China, the United Kingdom, Brazil, Panama, Switzerland, and Morocco. She had a wonderful career with a multinational American company and was very successful until she started to feel unhappy, burnt out, and frustrated. She realized she was living up to all the expectations from people around her, except her own. So she said goodbye to her corporate life and stopped pursuing freedom and happiness and instead started to create them. She is a transition and happiness coach, and she has made it her mission to help people love the life they are living or create the life that they love. She also has a very exciting project that she is working on right now, and you will hear all about it during the interview. Welcome to SOAR, Amandine. Hey, hello, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. I am so excited about our topic, uh, not just stepping outside the box, but ripping it to shreds. Because honestly, I feel like there are too many boxes and we need to get rid of things that separate us and instead focus on things that unite and connect us. But first, I just need to acknowledge that we have a first on SOAR. You are our first international guest. So please tell us where you are in the world and where you are from. So today I'm joining you from south of France. And I would say that I am a citizen of the world. So first time stepping outside of the box tonight in the, in the show. So I was born French from Spanish origin. My husband is from Morocco. And I lived abroad most of my life. I had the chance to live in China, Brazil, France, Panama, Switzerland, Morocco. So I don't really like to define myself with my citizenship because it, it will be reductive and it will not say much about me, actually. So every place I lived shaped the person I am today. So if you ask me today, my head is French. Um, my soul is gypsy Moroccan. My heart is Brazilian. And my inner peace comes from Asia. I love that. Oh, I love that. Uh, that is definitely ripping the box to shreds, <laughs> which is why you are the perfect guest for this topic. Um, so before we get into our topic, um, I just wanted to, because you have this international perspective, just ask you, 
from outside of the U.S., which most of my listeners are from, what has it been like experiencing the pandemic? So first, I think the pandemic was a surprise for all of us. And it was also an opportunity for all of us to realize the chance we have. Because from one day to another, everything that we took for granted, like freedom to travel, freedom of movement, disappeared. Mm -hmm. And that's something I would like to, to acknowledge first. In my case, I spent most of the pandemic in Morocco. And I was supposed to be there for a week of vacation. And I got stuck there for four months. <laughs> so <laughs> it was not planned, not expected. But it also allowed me to see the pandemic from a different perspective. Because in Morocco, the situation was very different from France or, or Switzerland, where I used to live the last couple of years. because. Morocco is a developing country, and from the beginning, the country said, and the government said, we don't have the resources to face a massive pandemic at the hospital. We don't have all the equipment. I think they had only 20 or 40 uh, respiratory machines. Wow. So they couldn't face having all the people rushing to the hospital, and they could, they could not take care of them. So from the beginning, they had a very strict lockdown forcing people to stay at home. You were just allowed one person by household to go to grocery shopping. And it lasts for several weeks. Masks were mandatory for anybody going outside. It's still mandatory today, actually, to every time you go outside, you need to wear uh, a mask. So the country was really responsive. At, some, at the same time, they saw a lot of agility because one week after the beginning of the lockdown, masks were widely available all around the country and the same for the hydroalcoholic gel so that that was great i know that many people had a lot of trouble to find masks it mm -hmm. was not the case but on the other side we saw a massive impact on the on the population because in the country many people live with a day-by-day -day perspective every day they earn the money to buy the food so no work means no food for them and most of the income also come from the tourism and tourism with the border closed, tourists are not traveling anymore. So it was a huge impact on people, income and salary. But at the same time, we saw a huge opportunity and a huge solidarity around the mm -hmm. country. Everybody supported each other, especially in the city where I am. We saw people collecting money, collecting food, food distribution. So they create big basket and every week, they were distributing basket to the people that need it with all the, the food you, you might imagine for, for the week, meat, um, pasta and all those kind of, of products. Also, we saw people reinventing themselves in my neighborhood. For example, we had, uh, many stores, uh, selling, um, selling different stuff for tourists. And what happened is from one day to another, the store, we don't sell any more pottery or any tourist items. And they start selling mm. vegetables, fruits, so they could get a different source of income. And, uh, and I think that was very interesting to see how quickly people can reinvent themselves and, uh, and move outside of the box. Yeah. Wow. That, that's a great perspective because our experience is, you know, of course, we're 
a huge country. And so everything mm-hmm. is kind of different depending on where you live. But just seeing how people can come together in solidarity and support one another is very inspiring. So I appreciate you sharing that perspective. So from my view, it looks like you have certainly stepped out of a lot of boxes and just kind of ripped them to shreds, just kind of looking at you from afar. But tell me what it means to you when you hear that phrase. So for me, the boxes are all the standards, the society, your family, the community created to define you. Mm. The boxes, they are like mold that you're supposed to fit in expectation on how you should live your life, what is acceptable, what is good and what is not. But nobody know yourself better than you. So stepping outside the box is acknowledging first that each person is unique. It is creating your own standards, becoming the director of your life and not only the actor. And it's following your dream and getting outside of your comfort zone. Because I think If we live always the same life, we will always get the same result. And that's not what we want, right? No, no. Um, I think there's a quote that says that that's actually the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Um, Exactly. Albert Einstein. Yeah. So some of the boxes that I know we experience here in the U.S. and around the world are boxes of race and ethnicity and nationality that tend to separate us. And I know you said at the beginning of the interview that you don't define yourself by your nationality. You consider consider yourself a citizen of the world. During your world travels, how have you been able to step outside the box of even people perceiving you to be a French woman in order to connect with people all over the world? So for the society, spend a lot of time and energy to divide mm. people and put them in boxes based on their gender, race, ethnicity, or, or whatever. And we put the stress on what divides us rather than focusing on what we have in common. And if we look at it this way, focusing on what we have in common rather than what make us different from each other, we realize that 99%, we share 99% in the things in common. We are pursuing the same dream. We want to be loved. We want to be happy. We want to be healthy. And the difference that represents only 1% is what makes us unique. And we should celebrate that difference and learn from each other. We should be open and curious because the difference gives us the opportunity to learn and to grow. We should stop having preconceived idea and judgment about what is different and let other people surprise us and being authentic. And we can also just use what we all have and what I love that is the international language of smile. Just sharing a smile with someone will just erase every single barriers that separate us. Um, I love that. And I've seen those smiles in your in your work, in your <laughs> photography. And, and it does. It, it speaks to you. Even if you don't speak the same language, you can communicate through a smile. And the other thing that came to mind when you were speaking, um, I was listening to a radio show that was talking about how uh, when you have certain prejudices and sometimes even the community that is the oppressed community starts to buy into those prejudices. So you start to see yourself in the way that you've been painted. And when you said, let people surprise you with their uniqueness and authenticity, 
I really like that because that kind of really goes against looking at a group and kind of coming up with stereotypes and prejudices, but just kind of approach each individual and just let them surprise you. I, I, I love that, that phrase. I think I'll have to. I'll have to use that moving forward. Please be my guest. <laughs> so on on this show on SOAR, it's, it's all about sisters overcoming and rising. And I mainly focus on the solidarity that black women experience as sisters. But sisterhood comes in many forms. And I've definitely developed a sisterhood with you and the rest of our circle. Uh, but I would love to hear your thoughts on sisterhood and solidarity. I think it's a wonderful topic. And I'm first very grateful but for the circle and the sisterhood we had over the last couple of years. For me, sisterhood and solidarity is all about connection. And that's what truly makes us as human beings, is this network we, where we can truly be ourselves, we can be authentic, mm-hmm. we can trust each other and not have the feeling to be judged. We can... Be, we, can, we can be vulnerable in those, in those, uh, sisterhood, uh, network, being authentic. And that's a beautiful place to support each other. And we were talking about uniqueness. That's a beautiful place to learn from each other and benefits from each other's skills, each other experience, see also different point of view. And that's what makes the richest group is the group that are diverse because you learn from each other, you get different perspective. And I think alone we go faster, but as a group we go further. And 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 I think that's what we need. And as women, we also need that woman empowerment and that support because if we don't support each other, we cannot expect other to support us. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that one of the things you just touched on was the safe space and feeling okay to be vulnerable. And I think sometimes that's why we come together in groups of people who either Mm -hmm. look like us or think like us because we feel a sense of safety in those common experiences. And uh, what you said about us having common experiences and other things that bring us together, I think as we kind of expand this conversation about sisterhood, being able to not be in those boxes and to take the connection even further will help us experience sisterhood and solidarity with people that we may not traditionally have experienced it with. So I think we kind of start with where we are, where we're comfortable, where we feel safe. And at some point, we might even be able to extend that to other places and other people. At least that's my hope. I love it. And please let me know if I can help you extending and pushing the boundaries of sisterhood. Wonderful. So I mentioned your photography and I am a huge fan of your photography. You have traveled and seen, you know, all different parts of the world. And what really comes through in your photography is a lot of empathy and compassion through the lens of your camera. So I would love to hear some lessons you've learned about humanity while you've been able to photograph people from around the world. And and if you can remember one of your most inspiring stories that you could share from your travels, that would be wonderful as well. Okay, so I love to travel. You mentioned it and I love photography. And what I love is traveling to developing country because I think it shows us such a different perspective and push us outside of the comfort zone and outside of what we know and it invites us to look at the world from a different perspective and every time I travel uh, in country that are maybe less 
fortunate in the sense that we are maybe in the US or, or in Europe, what I love to see is how the connection between people is important. Is the most generous people I met during those trips, I mean, uh-huh. are people that do not have anything. They don't have anything and they are ready at the same time to share everything. Even they don't have a lot of food on the table and maybe they didn't have a meal last night. They're ready to share that meal with you because they're just curious to learn more about you and to share more with you and to be their guest. And they are ready to give all the food they have in the house for you, even though it means they will not have food tomorrow, mm. just because you're their guest and they want to please you. And I think that's something we forgot and we, we lost a bit in our society today. We are so, mm-hmm. and I'm sad to say that, but individualist and we look more at ourselves and ourselves rather than the other people around and, and sharing and connecting. I think something else I learned during the, those travel is mm-hmm. happiness is not connected with money. I met people that don't have anything and you see them smiling, being happy and, and they have nothing. If you compare to our modern society, they have nothing, no phone, no computer. They have a house, a roof above the head and some food on the table and they are together as a family. And I think those travel help you to focus on the essential. And, and to share one story, I don't know if it's the most in, inspiring one, but that the one that comes to, to my mind right now is three years ago with my husband, we, we traveled to, to Tibet and we arrived in a remote, a remote valley and we were supposed to sleep at the, at the house of, uh, some locals from, from a local village. And we arrived a bit earlier than we expected and we decided to just go for a walk around the, the village and some people were working on the field and they saw us and they were like a kind of <laughs> worried and they came to us because they thought we were lost because they never seen so many foreigners in this area and they don't used to see foreigners. So they come to see us and we say, we okay. And with some gesture, we explained them that we were fine and we were just walking and around and they invite us, they were in the field mm. actually cutting the rice and they invite us and, and they share <sighs> what they had. So they had a kind of picnic and they gave us potato and they gave us rice. And we were like a bit, um, ashamed because we had nothing to, to give them in return. And we could see that it was the, the food they had and they were so happy to give us the food and say, take it away, take it with you. And we were not feeling very comfortable because. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that these people had, don't have a lot. And, and that's, that was so inspiring to see that they don't have, but they were so happy to see a foreigner, someone they'd never seen before, and they were so happy to share the knowledge. Then they show us how to cut the, the rice. And that was like a very touching moment, even though we didn't speak the same language, but just that connection and that moment where we share with each other was such an amazing opportunity. Yeah, I love that story. And, and it is very touching to see how how people share from the little that they have. And another thing that you mentioned 
was just how happiness is not based on money. And I think I, I read a book or I went to a presentation where they did a study of the happiest people around the world. And they found that the one thing that they saw in common was that sense of community. People who felt that they were in community with one another and they had that connection were the happiest, whether or not they were poor or rich. But that was one of the determinants of happiness that that was constant around the world. And it sounds like your travels have proven that to be true as well. Yeah, definitely. And and from study, we can see that happiness, we have that false belief that happiness is connected to, to money and related to how much money we have. And, and that's not true. I think in the U.S. is up to $50,000 per year. Happiness is correlated with money because that's what allow you to secure a roof above your head, some food on the table, um, pay for your medical uh, insurance or those kind of things. After that, money is not related anymore with, with happiness. And connection is one of the key elements behind happiness. And we can see, if you look at the richest people in the world, they are usually not the most happy. They usually have high rate of suicide, drugs, alcohol. So, yeah, focus on connection. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Those are great statistics. Now, we met while we were both doing life coach training at IPAC. I think it was, I guess we finished in 2017. So that means yeah. we started in 2016. Okay. And that was a big move for both of us to step outside the box for me of a career in medicine and for you, a career in corporate. So tell us what it's been like stepping outside of the box in your career. Well, it was a long journey first to acknowledge that I was not happy in my career anymore because I follow all the paths and the expectation all the people put on my shoulders, my parents, my teacher mm -hmm. at school. I follow all the rules. People say, hey, get a good job, go to a good university or good college and you will be happy. And I did all that. I went to a good college. I had the chance to study abroad. I got a wonderful job for cop for one of wonderful corporate America company. And I had the chance then to live in three different countries for that company as well. And despite all that, I was waking up and I was not happy in my job. And, and I had to question myself about what's going on. And, and yeah, I was in the perfect box, the sweet spot, expatriate and everything. And I realized I was not happy. And, the only solution I could find to that was I need to quit my job. I had no clue what I would do with my life, but I knew I needed a change. And I was lucky to have my husband supporting me in that transition and say, hey, if that's what you need, go ahead. I will be there and I will be supporting you on your decision. And that's what I did. And the image, and that's a, a funny story, actually, is the day I left. You know, you send that last email where you say goodbye to everybody. And many people mm. came back to me and say, oh, I envy you. Because in my message, I say, I'm leaving just to be happy. And many people came back to me and I say, oh, you're so lucky. I envy you. And at the moment, I was not understanding because I had no job. I had no idea what I will do with my life. And at that time, I was mm. living in Panama, Central America. And quitting my job means that I lost my working permit. So I was allowed to stay in the country. I was not allowed to work anymore in the country. 
So I was like, but what are you envying? And I just realized that they were envying my freedom and that quest of happiness because they were in the box and maybe they didn't have the courage to step outside the box. Absolutely. And I think that happens a lot that you watch somebody else do something and it kind of gives you the courage to do it. So I'm sure just you having the courage to step out of the box into the unknown. There wasn't, you know, you didn't know where you were going. Just no plan. Right. It let people know that they didn't have to stay in the box either, that they could that they could step outside of it. And and that's a great gift to give to other people. So I'm Dean. Right now, you are doing something pretty spectacular and exciting, and you're documenting <laughs> your amazing journey that you and your husband are on on Instagram through your Inspire My Trip, which I love to get the little updates and see what's going on. I know I have envisioned sort of traveling through the country with my family in an RV, but have yet to make that a reality. But the two of you have plans to travel the world, and that is really where ripping the box to shreds comes in. So I would love for you to tell us about your adventure and and how you got started and how it's going. So for many years, my husband and I had the project to go on the on the world tour, but with two corporate job, it was never the right time. And and I think many people will recognize whatever the product is in that sense that oh, it's not the right time, not right now. And we start delaying that project and delaying. I quit my job. Few years later, my husband quit his job and we were still with that dream. And we realized that there will never be a good time for that. So last year we bought, um, we bought a van mm. that is completely empty. And now we are in a project of converting this, uh, this van into an RV so we can travel the world. The initial plan was to ship the van from Europe to the U.S. and go down from Canada to Argentina. Right now, we don't know when we will be able to bring that project to fruition considering the, the travel restrictions. So we see it as an opportunity for testing the van. And, uh, and we plan first to go on the, on the tour around mm-hmm. Europe, maybe going back to Morocco with the van. So it will give us the chance to experiment how living in a van looks like. And hopefully the world situation improve in the coming months and we are able to come to visit you in the U.S. anytime soon. <laughs> would love that. I would love that. <laughs> so where are you on the van project now? So I know that you started off with an empty van and you have installed certain things. Yeah. So where are you now? So the van is almost ready i think we need another week or two um all the furniture are now in place we are almost done with the solar panel the electric uh, gas and the water supply now we go to the fun part the, the part i love the most that is decoration <laughs> so soon we will be able to, to choose the fabric and the painting so that would be that would be the nice part <laughs> And, and so you installed a, installed a bed and are you and your husband doing all of the work or do you have people helping you, electricians? We are doing everything by ourselves with the support of my dad that has much more experience on all the tools and everything. So he is giving us some 
wise advice. So that's pretty cool. But we are doing that just the three of us. Wow, that is spectacular. Can't wait to see the the final project. But then, even most importantly, just to hear the stories of the adventures that that you'll get to experience just by um, being free and and just traveling the world. So that's really exciting. Yeah, we we're very excited about that, and and we we hope we can also find a purpose for for the trip. That's what we are working on as well. Not just traveling for the matter of traveling, but also finding a way to share that story in an inspiring manner. So we are traveling on a little project around happiness. I I don't have all the details yet, but it's more about spreading happiness around the world and sharing happiness. And what happiness means for different people around the world. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I will stay tuned to, to see what that turns into. Now, I'm sure when you decided to do this, that you had to come across at least one person who said it was impossible or not practical given the pandemic. And how did you deal with that? How did you deal with them projecting their limiting beliefs on you and possibly some of your own limiting beliefs. So first, let me tell you, yeah, we came <laughs> across a lot of limiting belief from people say, yeah, but the two of you work in a office, how you will build a van? You don't have the skills. I mean, it's too difficult. You're a dreamer from Instagram. You say, okay, so what I would say is first keep focus on your goal and Keep focused on why is it important for you to achieve it. Because often what I notice is people uh, are projecting mm -hmm. their own fears on you. And maybe because they don't know how to do it, they assume you don't know how to make and how to build a van. And you also am facing something in people is, and that's why they're projecting the belief is by doing it yourself and by showing people that you can step outside the box. You're putting a mirror in front of them and you're showing them that that could be them. They could do the same if they want, if they maybe have the courage to do it. And and sometimes people can react to that and try to, some people I think will be happy if we, mm -hmm. if we are not able to build a van sometimes. And that's what I want to tell is don't let other people define your goal. Choose what you want to listen. And if people say something, that you don't want to hear say okay it's here but i take I, i make the choice the conscious choice to not take that for myself it's about them it's not about me i have nothing to prove and something easy to do is to challenge that belief and the best way to mm -hmm. challenge a belief is to take action what is the worst that can happen we start building a van we are not able to do it by ourselves well we can find some extra support We might need to pay someone to help us with some part of the construction. And that's completely okay. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to fail because failure is the opportunity to learn. Since we begin the project, I failed several times. <laughs> Cutting the wrong piece of wood or stuff. It's okay. I learn, I try again, and I improved. Yeah, I, I love that because often, especially even, you know... We'll just take this podcast, for instance. This is something completely new for me. And when I'm editing and I have to cut out a piece and what if I cut out the wrong piece? And I have failed many times and 
made errors in editing, but you know what? The way file still exists. I can go back to the original file and recreate what I'm trying to do. So I've had to step out of that mindset of being afraid to fail. If I mess it up, you know, yes, it'll be more time. But with that more time of doing it, I'm learning how to do it better. Yeah. So I can definitely relate to that. So as someone who has lived their life outside of the box, you gave us a few hints in your last response. But what else would you like to tell some of us who are still living inside some boxes, but we're ready to step out and we're ready to rip some of them to shreds and we want to rip them to shreds so that we never have the opportunity to crawl back inside of them. So what advice would you give us on how to do that? So first, I would say. Follow your dream and believe in you because you have much more potential that you can imagine. And stepping outside the box, I know it can be scary because you don't know what will happen and you have no control on the outcome. You take a risk. But living an entire life of regrets, of mm. boredom, it's worse than that. So don't expect your life to be different if you don't make any changes and if you don't take any risk. It will never be a good time to make a change. So create the opportunity and take a first step. When we decide with my husband to go on the van project, the first step was to buy the van. And we bought the van one year ago. We couldn't start the conversion before for many reasons for the COVID because we were stuck in Morocco. But the first step was, was to buy the van. And once mm -hmm. we bought the van, the project become tangible and We can touch it. We can feel it. And now we say, okay, what's next? And next was preparing uh, the conversion. So take that first step today. There is something you can do today to move on with your project. You don't need to wait to have the full plan. And then we talk about sisterhood. And I think that's important. Choose the right support system mm -hmm. with people who believe in you and are positive. You need to be surrounded by people that believe in you and positive And will create that energy to uh, to help you reach your goal. And don't be afraid to ask for help. That would be the last one, but I think it's the most important. We always believe that oh, if I ask for help, I mean it's not I'm not good enough. No, ask for help. People will be happy to support you, and all the people are there for you. Absolutely. Those are three great points. And I just want to summarize them. So I know you said the most important one, but the last, the one you said last was ask for help. The second one mm -hmm. was surround yourself with a good support system. So that can be sisterhood, that can be your village, your community, however you define your support system. And I think the first one was take a step, get started. There's something that you can do today to move towards your goal, even if you don't have the whole plan. Did I get those correct? Exactly. Yeah. The first one is really there is not a, there is never, there will never be a good time mm -hmm. to start. So create the opportunity for yourself and take the first step now, whatever that first step is. Wonderful. Okay. I'm going to write those down. Those are great, great words of advice. So we haven't talked about your coaching business at all. I would love to hear what your personal or coaching philosophy is and how you, um, how that fits into your coaching business and what you're doing right now. Okay. So my personal philosophy, and that's also what I share in my coaching business is you have only one life. So make the most out of it. Something I usually say to my client is we have at best 30,000 days to live. So make Every single day count. We will not have extra day. So 
There is no time to waste and there is no time for regrets. Follow your dream, dream big, and your potential is greater than you think. And something I also love, and that's part of my personal belief, is everything happened for one reason. So if life gives you lemon, make lemonade. And that's the way I work with my clients. Yes, my role is to help them love the life they have or create a life they love. Because sometimes we are not conscious that we have everything we need to be happy. So sometimes we just need that little person coming to your side and helping you to broaden your perspective and see that you don't need more in your life. And sometimes you're not happy where you are and you need some support to make that change and that transition to where you want to be. And I think the role of the coach and that's what I, the way I support my client is helping them making that transition. Well, they are definitely blessed to have you as a coach and helping them. <laughs> because not, <laughs> you're you. welcome. Not only do you preach it, but you live it in, in your everyday life and you embody it. So. So that's wonderful. I know that you are out here uh, helping lots of people with your one-on-one coaching and with your other coaching programs and also with the work that you do. And I'm excited to hear how you're going to spread more happiness throughout the world on your trip. So that's really exciting. So I'm sure after hearing this conversation, a lot of people are going to want to follow your work. So how can they get in touch with you or follow follow you on Instagram, on social media, or even maybe connect with you about coaching? So if you want to follow the adventure of the van and the happiness story, you can follow me at Inspire My Trip on Instagram and also on Facebook. And if you want to learn more about my coaching business, you can just visit my website at amandinecoaching.com. Thank you for taking time to share with us. What is the time difference between where we are? Because this may not be the most convenient time for you, but I'm so grateful that you took time out of your schedule. Well, uh, I'm actually six hours ahead of you. Okay. I'm very excited for everybody to get a chance to to meet you and get to learn more about you. So I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Stephanie. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SOAR. If you'd like to reach me for coaching, you can reach me at www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And if you want to follow SOAR, you can follow Sisters Overcoming and Rising on Instagram or Stephanie Brown Coaching on Facebook. Goodbye for now.